Hey, and welcome to Foolproof Theology. It is great to be with you. I'm really excited about my guest, Andrew Isker. He's on the podcast today. Uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, sign up so you can stay tuned, stay in touch. Go on to my Patreon, sign up with the link in the show notes. That's going to help the show a lot. Today, we're going to be talking about Andrew's book, Christian Nationalism. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Well, this is great. I've been following you on Twitter. I didn't know it was you. Um, I just saw <laughs> kind of this super spicy account, uh, Boniface Woodchip or something. I was like, what has gotten in this guy's crawl? Because like, he just kind of seems to have no filter sometimes. And everybody, you know, seems to he's able to pick a fight with anyone. Uh, but you can go follow him there. And uh, and I don't I don't resent that. But, uh, but you know, you wrote this book. Uh, first, I wanted to hear if you wouldn't mind a bit about your story. I mean, you're from what I understand, and I'm going to, I'm going to kind of introduce it this way. You're a pastor in Minnesota. Um, yep. It's a small town, small church. Uh, not, I don't believe it's denominationally affiliated. So you're there kind of in, I mean, I'm going to call it the middle of nowhere, not as an insult, but just kind of like yeah, yeah, geographically yeah. it's in the middle of nowhere, but how I did you kind of get there? Yeah. Do you, okay. How did you kind of end up <laughs> in that place? Uh, well, I ended up in this place, uh, because this is where I came out of the womb. Um, okay, and, uh, <laughs> um, and I, I mean, I've, I've ventured out beyond here, um, in my life, but, uh, we, we came back to my hometown, um, in 2018. Um, okay. but before that, um, I served as a pastor, um, in, in a couple of series C churches, a uh, small reform denomination, um, in, in West Virginia and in, in Missouri, um, okay. and then before that I was in, in Idaho. Um, okay. there's this guy up there that maybe some of, some people have heard of, uh, named Doug Wilson. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you could, you could go actually don't Google him. Um, uh, yeah, Google that. <laughs> don't Google him. Um, uh, but, uh, uh, he, he, uh, he trained me at uh Greyfriars hall. I went, I went there after I finished college in, uh, at Minnesota state, um, just half an hour from my hometown. Um, and, uh, so I, yeah, I left, I left the Shire of the Southern of Southern Minnesota to go to, uh, to go to Idaho and then venture out into the world. Um, and then eventually, um, we were able to make our way back home. Um, and the church I grew up at was tiny church and it it had been in a different denomination. Um, and the pastor, uh, was nearing 80 years old and he wanted to retire in the district that they were in. Uh, since the church was so small, um, he told him, well, if you retire, we'll just shut down the church unless you find someone to replace you. Oh, and wow. so he told me that. And my, um, my grandpa and my great grandpa were, you know, helped found that church. Um, so I, I didn't want to see it die. Um, so right, I yeah. kind of, yeah. So he's like, <laughs> so he, and he knew that, you know, so he was a shrewd, shrewd old fella. That's um, clever. And, uh, <laughs> he goes, so it's going to die unless you take it over. Uh, and I'm like, Oh man. Okay. Well, I guess I will. Um, so I, I accepted the call there in 2020. Um, and okay. I've, I've been there since, um, right. You know, right. As kind of everything was locked down is it, as we came out of the lockdown. Um, I got started there and, uh, yeah, I've been ministering there ever since. And we've you know, slowly grown, even though it's, um, you know, very, very small town. I mean, we're 9,000 people in my town, 2,000 of them are incarcerated in, in a federal prison. Um, wow. so really, we really, it's a town of 7,000, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, for all intents and purposes. Um, and so very, very small, uh, rural town. And, um, 
you know, it's, it's very economically depressed here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, at like much of the Midwest. And, um, and so it's, it's, you know, I mean, you're, yeah, you're in, in, you know, church planting and, and Acts 29 and all that stuff. So you know how, how it all works. Like that's probably like the least, um, ideal place to go plant a church sure. is in a yeah. town of like 7,000 that's rural, that doesn't have a lot of money. Um, and doesn't have a lot of prospects going for it. Um, sure. but it's my hometown. And so yeah. these are, I love these it. are my people and, yeah. um, and I want them to, um, be taught God's word. I want them to worship faithfully on the Lord's day. And, and, um, I want, you know, I want uh, people to know the Lord. So, uh, and, and particularly the people that, that I know that I grew up with that I, yeah. um, that I, I care greatly for. Um, and so, you know, and, and that was kind of the case every time my wife and I, you know, went back home for, you know, Christmas or, or on summer, you know, in the summer, um, for vacation, we'd, we'd come here and we thought, man, it would be so great if we could, cause she's from Minnesota as well. And okay. it'd be so great if we could, you know, move back here sometimes, someday, you know, maybe plant a church someday, but we always knew, oh, that's a pipe dream. It's never going to happen. Like there's no way we could have a, a church that I could be here and, and it would pay They'd be able to do it vocationally, you know, they could pay me. Um, And, uh, you know, the Lord found a way for that to happen. And so we've been immensely grateful um, ever since um, we were able to move back. That's amazing. I love that. And so you've had to navigate, I mean, tell me, like, because I'm in Boulder, so obviously it's a more progressive Mm. climate. Yeah. I, we knew that that's that wasn't shocking yeah. to us like when COVID hit it's like well duh we're going to be the most progressive they're trying <laughs> to be like san francisco but yeah you know we navigated yeah. it and we kind of flew under the radar in terms of any kind of uh you know controversy or anything like that we did attend some mm-hmm. like public health hearings and some of our elders were like using a non-names you know like uh like george washington <laughs> or something like that <laughs> but we were really i mean we we're try- trying to do our best to navigate different people mm-hmm. in our church. And so you being a pastor over the last couple of years and that kind of rural environment was COVID kind of already like, uh, not a thing anymore. And y'all were gathering on Sundays or what was it like when you entered into that? Yeah. See, so it was summer of 2020 that I, I started preaching just about every Sunday and it, you know, where we are, um, you know, nobody wore masks anymore uh, for the most part sure. at that time. Yeah. Um, you know, that there, we still had the mask mandate in Minnesota, but, um, it was, you know, where, where we are, no one really followed through it. You could go to the, the convenience store or, or around town and there were very few places that they would, you know, make you do it. You know, the hospital obviously right. would be one and Walmart was basically the only other one. Um, and okay. <laughs> they had security guards posted up at the door because oh, all wow. of the uh, angry rural people are, were throwing fits every time they, yeah. you know, like, yeah, I'd. I, don't blame them. Uh, but uh, <laughs> they had to like hire a security company to like with big German shepherds out in front of the you know oh my store. Gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was like uh, we're in the Soviet Union, um, yeah. but um, East Germany here. But um, anyway, yeah, it was um, it it was for the most part people were were just over it, you know, okay. uh, by by twenty twenty, um, and yeah, I. I, the the attitude obviously very very different here. Although I mean, the churches in town, um, I was just kind of getting my feet wet in terms of the um, where the churches were at, all the different churches in our town. Sure. And so most of them remained locked down long be- long after uh, the governor had lifted it for churches. Um, yeah. Because I think they had gotten used to doing the live streams, and they were you know very they they kind of followed their cues from their various denominations more than the 
cultural climate where they're at. Uh, sure. You know, so, so there's a lot of consternation among the churches and a lot of um, sorting and, and, and shifting among people. And that's, mm. I mean, some of the people that's, you know, where a lot of my, my new people that have come to our church have come from is like, here's like, especially when the, um, after the vaccine mandate stuff happened, um, yeah. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't employing this as like a church growth you know, strategy, but these guys would come up to me and they'd be like, Hey, you know, I, my, my job is making me, uh, get a vaccine because of the mandate and everything. And, and I want to do a religious exemption. So they'd be talking to me. They knew I was, they just knew me and and where I stood on things. And I'm like, well, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll help you out however you want. And yeah, whatever you need, I'll, I'll do it. And then afterward, I'm like, wait a minute, these guys belong to a church. Why aren't they having their pastor do this? (laughs) this And then they tell, they tell me and they're like, uh, oh, um, he wouldn't do it because he didn't want to take a stand on this. And so, you know, I, I just did because I knew this is right. And yeah. all these guys are like, well, I want to go to your church. It's, it's weird. You have this weird, you know, high church yeah. liturgy. Uh, I'm not used to, I'm used to the Chris Tomlin songs and all that kind of stuff. Probably the stuff that you guys, you know, do yeah. at, at your church. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so right. they, they, come, they come to mind and they're like, you know, I'm not, I'm not super into, into this. Like this is like Lutheran church I grew up in, but, um, <laughs> but the preaching is really good. You preach the Bible. And so, uh, and, and so that's kind of how my church has stood out, um, where I am just, just because I'm not, I'm not like going out of my way to, you know, to be this like Trumper or something or, or, yeah, or this right. mega guy or anything like that. Um, it's just that naturally flows out of, you know, applying, you know, what you believe, what the scripture teaches and to, right. to life. Um, and, and yeah. so anyway, they, people have appreciated the, you know, the earnestness of it because, you know, I don't know, it's it, a lot of, a lot of church stuff. See, even, even a rural, small rural town among evangelicals, it seems to be kind of, we don't want to offend anyone. We don't want to, we kind of, we do it, our, our application and our sermons by consensus you know, what, mm-hmm. what will step on the fewest number of toes, things like that. And, yep. I, and I'm just like, you know, Leroy Jenkins, you know, just go, like, <laughs> like here's, well, here's what the Bible says. And, and mm-hmm. I don't care what you think, um, mm-hmm. because I care what God thinks more. Um, right. And so, you know, that, that's, it, it's, it's kind of the, um, I mean, not quite the prophet Jonah, sure. you know, uh, church growth strategy. <laughs> like, here's what God says and turn or burn. Um, but you know, it, it, it's, I, I think ultimately people, you know, they want to, they want someone to, to tell them the truth, to stand yes. firm on things and, and to not back, to show some backbone, not back down on things. Um, and, and my thing that I always told, you know, all sorts of different you know friends and people around here is that like, look, if I wanted to have the biggest church in town, if I wanted to, you do all the marketing things and all the things that we, we view as, you know, success. Sure. Um, I could, I could do all that stuff and I could do it really well. And you, none of you would know at all what I think about anything. And um, there'd be a lot of people coming to see it. I'd give these really great Ted meaningless Ted talks on Sunday sure. morning and, uh, and you'd be entertained. I'd tell some jokes and it'd be fun. And, but it would benefit no one in any, yep. any meaningful way. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's been my, I wouldn't say strategy, just, just my mode of being. Um, sure, yeah. And you, you, and you referenced it, you know, uh, the, the tweeting, the Twitter. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the space, I don't know, where you, where I can 
you know, think out loud or, or say things out loud, but a lot of it is um, so many people are so afraid to just be honest um, yep. <laughs> about, about things. And, um, and, and yeah, I don't, I don't really actually ever look to fight people. Um, okay. It's, it's more, it's more like, why is this guy saying this? This is wrong. Um, yeah, right. somebody, no one, no one's saying anything. I have, you know, you feel compelled. Like I have to I say something here. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's more so the, you know, just the, the general mode of being that, um, I, I'm not, you know, out looking for fights. Cause if, yeah, if I was like, then, then that's all I would do all day. And I mean, you see yeah. people like that where it's like, yeah. you know, all they want to do is pick fights and, and, yep. and be, um, be obnoxious. Um, mine is like, I, there's a, a handful of things where I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to put up with this, you know, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and you, 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 you have to, um, you go at it, but, um, it's, it's more so like, I care about what, what's true and, and all of this. I mean, some of it, especially like my public, you know, online persona or presence or whatever you want to sure. call it, it stems back to, um, you know, really 2015, 2016 around there. Um, I noticed that like people, um, where I come from, you know, my, my people from, you know, rural middle of nowhere, uh, sure. <laughs> towns, um, are hated. Um, mm. they hate people like in, in my town, mm. you know, they hate, hate the guys that, you know, like to go ice fishing and, and drink bush light and ride snowmobiles and, and hang out at the American Legion. Like they hate, they hate people like that. Yeah. I remember it, it, you know, it, it was funny. I had a conversation, you know, bringing up a uh, Doug recently. Uh, he remembered, you know, kind of how I thought about things when I, 10 years ago, when I was with him in Moscow and he's like, well, what changed? You know, what, why, why are you, you know, why, why is your thinking changed uh, so much? And it, it really was uh, that Kevin Williamson national review piece from like early 2016, okay. where he said like the white, the white working class needs to die. That was the name of his national oh, review wow. online article. And it was the day before um, like super Tuesday. And I was in Missouri at the time. And I, I contented myself to be like, just check out of, politics and and vote yeah. like, i told him like, well we're not going to vote for this you know president like you know trump is amusing and everything and it's 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 you know been entertaining but we're not going to vote sure. for him or anything and then i see that article and i'm like i'm done all right we're going to vote for trump <laughs> you know, uh because these sure. people hate my people you know my sure. people from you know that i that i grew up with that you know work as you know plumbers and electricians and and drive trucks and and just you know, um, do the kind of stuff that makes civilization continue. Um, yeah. and, and, and so anyway, <laughs> I was like, okay, now, now I, and so anytime like the, you know, people like where I come from get attacked, you know, um, especially within the, the larger evangelical sphere, you know, you see the, you know, the big shots, um, you know, the, um, the Russell Moores and people like that, um, uh, attacking, yep you know, working class and, and middle class evangelicals, um, as these, you know, racist hillbillies that, that hate, uh, they're so full of hate and just so terrible. Um, that like gets my, my hackles up, you know, I, 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 I want to defend my people, um, in, in, in all sorts of different ways, you know, whether it's the vaccine stuff or whether it's, sure. you know, whether it's voting for a guy that like actually, um, fights for their interests, you know, th things sure. like that. Um, so yeah, I think that makes sense. That, I think for me, like, it was like, a similar awakening in 2020 where it was mm. like between, you know, BLM and COVID mm. and I was watching what was being told to me while I was kind of seeing mm. reality. And really I, 
you know, God really broke me of a lot of hypochondria, honestly, where I was like, mm. I got pneumonia when I was like eight. And so I had mm. always been scared of getting really sick. And so yeah. what God used COVID to do for me was break me of a lot of fear of dying, uh, which, mm-hmm. you know, sounds weird as a pastor, you should be bold. Mm. But as I was mm-hmm. thinking about that, I posted like an RR Reno article, how we shouldn't fear yeah. death. And I show, I shared yeah. it online and I was like, oh, this is helpful. This is some of the stuff I'm processing. Mm-hmm. I want to share it with other mm-hmm. people. And man, people were so mad. And I was like, mm-hmm wait, what, what's happening? Like, have we all yeah. just adopted kind of this inability to think about things reasonably? And then I'm like, oh, no, it's everyone. Like Ed Stetzer's in his basement broadcasting, <laughs> you know, doom and gloom. Like you're going to have pine boxes in your church sanctuary. That's how many people are going to die. And then Andy Crouch is posting how the world is going to change. And don't we love it? Don't you love it? Innovation. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you people are demented. Like, no, it's yeah. bad. And also we yeah. should be courageous and then BLM hits. And so I just, I felt the yeah. same way where I was like, no one's talking about it. Why is no one saying anything? I'm like, well, I'm going to say something. And then, you know, people get upset and all this stuff and they think you're trying to like fight them, fight everyone. I'm like, I'm not, I'm just trying to fill something for my, especially my people. I saw a lot of people in my church kind of listening to a lot of these regime evangelicals mm-hmm. who were just kind of parodying these talking points and really it's really like not insightful ways to think about politics, no. about the church or culture, anything like that. And so they're re- they've been reading them for years though. And I didn't know this. And so yeah. I would say something on Twitter and it's like, they would, they would be like, well, you disagree with David French. I'm like, who? Like, and they're like, David French. I'm like, I don't. So I go to David French. I'm like, oh yeah, definitely. Definitely disagree with that guy. But they've <laughs> yeah, been discipled yeah. by him for years now. Yeah. And I've yeah. been guilty of that with like more, I, I thought onward was like this great book. I wanted to yeah. give it out in my church. And so now I'm having to reap the consequences of my own kind of faulty approach to cultural engagement. So all that mm-hmm. to say, I kind of resonate with the, not the sensitivity so much as like the, the attunement to the mm-hmm. usefulness of that, that thing. So that kind of gets us to where we want to go though, with your book. So you're kind of, you're a pastor. I really love hearing your heart for your town, your people, wanting to see more people come to know Jesus, wanting to minister to those you have, build them up in the truth of God for all of life. Um, That's fantastic. You write a book on kind of a term that's been thrown around a lot, Christian nationalism. How did that come to be? You know, are are you already thinking about this stuff? Were you already kind of like hoping to write something for your people? And then it just went, you know, off from there. What was that like? Yeah, yeah, I guess, I mean, a lot of it was, it, it, it stems from, yeah, that same, that same spirit of, I mean, I was seeing, you know, after this term had been thrown around a lot um, over the last year or two. Um, and I remember seeing, I can't remember who I first saw really run with it. Um, maybe it was Russell Moore. Maybe it was some of the, some of these other guys like, um, uh, like Paul Miller or, um, sure. or, um, you know, Scott Coley, like these guys that are, that are online, you know, Right, talking about the danger of Christian or Sam Perry, you know all the, the oh, it's yep. so scary, it's so bad. Um, and then I heard them like kind of define it. Like the, part of it is like they they want to leave it really really vague because then they could keep shifting the goalposts. Yep. Um, but uh, when they began to define it, I thought, well, that's just you know regular evangelical folks who um, want to have a country that reflects what they believe about the world you know that they they love their country they want to see it um you know be peaceful and well-ordered they want to they want to do what the bible says and live quiet and peaceable lives 
um, where they could just <laughs> where they could just go have a have have their jobs, raise their families, uh, live in peace, um, and and not see their country get destroyed by crazies. Yep. And um, and and so they they they're driven to vote for someone that says that that presents a vision, you know, to accomplish those ends um, in in Trump, um, and they wanted to demonize these people um, that that supported Trump. That that really is the the main thing they wanted. Any 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 Christians, any evangelical Christians. That's the major block of support that that Trump had was sure. evangelical Christians. They, they bring that up constantly. Yep. Um, so they want to demonize that those people, they want Christians to be divided over this and to, to think that there's something sinful or wrong about, about having supported Trump. Um, and it, I mean, it really got to a fever pitch after, after the, um, you know, mostly peaceful um, electoral justice protests yep. um, in uh, on January 6th on sure. Epiphany. Uh, the Epiphany protests, and uh, oh and, and so, <laughs> so, and, and so anyway, I know, right? Um, and, uh, and and anyway, like they they love using pictures of like the guy that had the big cross, you know, in front of the Capitol, yeah, and and things like that, and and saying, well, it's Christian nationalism that caused this, you know, near you know insurrection of the government, and uh, and so anyway, like that's you know since then, I mean, really got. Uh, uh, a ton of attention once the January 6th committee started uh, having hearings and so forth. So um, I, I'm watching this and I'm seeing, you know, my people being demonized for um, frankly, really mundane beliefs. Sure. <laughs> and, and, and so I, and, and so I just took, you know, I looked at this phrase and I thought, well, there's nothing wrong with the nation being a Christian. I mean, some of it's based on these kind of um, presuppositions that of, uh, that are, you know, just this, this secular democratic, um, you know, liberal world order, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that kind of came into being, you know, after the second world war that you just have this global, this globalist system, this global world order that, um, you know, presupposes, you know, just democratic, uh, secular, um, countries uh, across the globe. And, um, and so, they, they, they say, well, you can't have, you know, within that system, you can't have you know, explicitly Christian nations because you have to be totally secular. You have to be pluralistic. Um, so that's very bad. I mean, that's what they talk about is that it's just very bad for, for any, anything like that. And you look at history, it's like well, for a thousand years or more of Christendom, that's just what was. You, you just sure. had every country was, was, you know, explicitly Christian. The king was a Christian king or a Christian prince. Um, and so the, I just, there was a ton of cognitive dissonance in my mind. Like these two, these things don't, you know, add up at all. Um, and so uh, from that point, you know, I'm, I'm watching, I'm seeing this, observing this and I'm, I'm writing, I'm like, I'm starting to write stuff um, and, you know, different articles. And, uh, and I thought, well, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with this. This, it, you know, there's nothing wrong with nations existing. Mm. Um you know, that some of it, so there's, I mean, really two issues. One, um, can, are nations, you know, a bad thing, right? Is it a bad thing for there to be nations as opposed to, uh, this globalist system where it's just like one, one giant nationless existence where they're, you know, where, where the United States is kind of this empire over the whole world. Um, right. And, and dominates it. And, and there really, there's really no borders. There's really no, um, national differences among, among, you know, throughout, throughout the world. Um, they, they want, they want to demonize that as much as possible. Um, and, and so it's like, well, 
no, that's not a sinful thing or not a wrong thing to, to have, you know, distinct nations. Um, and so, so that's on the one hand, then on the other hand is like, well, is it wrong for a nation to be majority Christian and to have its laws and natural uh, national uh, culture, um, you know, derived from the Christian faith? Um, and I mean, if you, if you're going to say that, then you have to say that, you know, most of the history of, of the church is wrong and sinful. Um, so it, it makes, it makes absolutely no sense. Um, well, yeah. And on that point, I think it's really important to point out because there are Christian nations right now on planet earth. Yeah. They just all happen yeah. to not be white. And so yeah. it's yeah. ironic <laughs> that, that they want to attack these Christian nationalists, this ideal, which you just laid out is yeah. a very simple paradigm. There are nations. It's, it's good to be nations. There are, you know, it's not some kind of like homogenous melting mm-hmm. pot, of uh of identities and all this kind of stuff and there are borders and you know that's good um and and then there's also can those nations that that exist have a christian identity and be majority christian and base their laws on christianity yes but if you're not if you're if you're white no because that's (laughs) wrong but if you're like of a different (laughs) if you're on a different continent somewhere far away where we don't have to see you then yeah, yeah sure try that experiment somewhere else and so i think it's it's very intuitive and i think for me kind of my journey, whether I adopt the moniker or not, the reason it's an interesting phrase and interesting, I'm more interested in the philosophy behind it is because for so much of my upbringing, I kind of disdained this kind of Christianity where it was like patriotic Sundays and flags on the stage and all that stuff. (laughs) Um, But I think what really struck home for me and the sad thing about the GAE and the global American empire, where it's just kind of everywhere and this I used to love traveling because when you travel, you get to actually experience different people and and see how they worship God differently. Or maybe they, Mm -hmm. you get to see how they eat different food and all this kind of stuff. And now you travel. I was over in England this summer and I was like, I mean, there's nothing unique here. It's all American. It's all just generic Starbucks everywhere. There's nothing unique about their identity. It's culture is just flattened and there's no appreciation for differences. It's actually just very, uh, it's very sad, you know, to to travel now. Because you can just get anything anywhere, you know, with Amazon yeah. and it's just global, uh, which tr- there are advantages to that. OK, like uh, food, you know, and, and stuff yeah. being available to people. So I'm not trying to just totally throw the baby out with the bathwater, but it just it makes one sad mm-hmm. to travel anywhere. Even when I go back to Texas, uh, where I'm from, it's like, well, now we have the same stuff in Colorado that we have in Texas. There's no sense of loss yeah. if you leave one place yeah. or another. You used to not get good Tex-Mex here in Colorado. And now those places are coming here. Now I can get Whataburger. <laughs> You know, an hour I know, away. I know, I know, um, I know. It's so weird. Or even just, I mean, um, this is probably, I mean, some people listening to this will probably, you know, be upset at this, but like we have, um, or, or me criticizing this, but like we have, we have Chick-fil-A's in Minnesota and right. like that shouldn't be, I should have to go to a place where they yeah. have a draw to be in Atlanta. Chicken, yeah, exactly. Like I, I, they should not be here. It should not be in a place where it gets below zero. Um, and <laughs> And I, I don't like it. I mean, my wife, you know, when she listens to this, she'll be angry with me for saying this. Sure, sure. But uh, uh, I don't like it. I don't like that they're here um, because that that was when we would go, you know, as a kid, we'd, go, we'd get in the station wagon or the, the conversion van and go down to Florida uh, on vacation. And we'd stop in Georgia and and we'd, you know, we'd go to this, you know. Uh, I, I couldn't even pronounce it because I couldn't read the cursive, you know. Sure. Uh, but I just saw the the red the red sign place, and they had really good lemonade, and, and <laughs> it was a real treat to go to that. Yeah. And now it's like, well, it's 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 everywhere, um, and yeah. and everything has been. I mean, throughout the United States, it's this way. I mean, when I was um, 
in high school, my family went to, uh, we went to Europe, we went to Paris. Um, and, and my parents are not, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, break, um, the uh, fifth commandment and, and criticize, you know, <laughs> and criticize sure. my parents, but they're not, they're not, uh, they're not people of like high culture. And sure. so we're, we're walking down the Champs-Élysées in, in Paris and there's the, you know, the, the stereotypical, and this is when Paris still was, you know, really nice. Now I don't think I'd even want to go there because it's, it's a dump. Um, uh, but, um, we're walking down the Champs-Élysées and, you know, you see the like red checker tablecloths in the middle of the street and these cafes where people are eating escargot and things like that. And I'm like, Oh, can we go there, please? I want to try this food, you know? And, yeah. and, and my parents like, that's too many euros. No, no, no. You won't even, you won't even eat it. Um, and so we, we kept walking, kept walking, went to a subway. Um, (laughs) (laughs) the only thing that was unique about it was they had a bunch of different flavors of Fanta that we don't get in the United States. That was the only, that was was like my cultural, you know, dining experience. You know, that was my, that was my Rodri or globe trotting experience was eating a subway (laughs) in, uh, in Paris, France in like 2003. Um, that is funny, but, uh, yeah, it was, that's it. That's it. Like everywhere. Uh, I mean, that even after, I remember um, a, a, a poignant illustration of this is like immediately after like the sanctions um, on Russia hit, um, like the first thing to go are like the Adidas stores and the McDonald's and the yep. Starbucks and everything. And it's like, oh man, how are, how are the Russians going to live without those things? <laughs> and it's like, right. oh, they actually like kind of have their country back in, in, yeah, to a certain right. extent, like freed yeah. from – from um from the clutches of of uh, the globalist American Empire, just like that's a, that's a powerful symbol. I mean, really, to be honest. Yeah. Um and, and and that's that's the thing. Like, um, all of these places uh, become like that breezeway picture. Um, you know the you know what I'm talking about, like the mm-hmm. you know breezeway Pennsylvania with like all of the all chain the restaurants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that I means ubiquitous on social media. It's like that that becomes every you know Eastern European country, every African country, every South American country becomes that. Um, yep. and, and they lose what makes them unique and, um, and human. Um, and, and so, yeah, that, like, that's, I mean, that's, that's the thing I think we all see. And, and, and like, even, um, you know, I, we would travel a lot when I was a kid, my dad, I was a truck driver. Uh, so we'd go with him all over the country. And so I got to see a lot of the United States from a very early age and see, see the things that makes, um, that, that make these different places in the country very unique you know, whether it's the South or, or the Midwest or the East coast or the Northeast um, or the West coast, uh, the mountains, like all of, all of it, um, it was fun going to, going to see these places and, and, right. and, and see people talk differently, you know, all of yeah. this. And, and um, it's even in my, you know, my lifetime uh, it's become so homogenized and not just like the food places, but, but just the, the culture um, yep. is everyone, everyone acts the same way, thinks the same things. You know, there's nothing unique about, about anywhere other than, oh, well, maybe, you know, well, you know, maybe you have a few unique local, um, you know, foods that, that you eat, but, that, but that's it. Like there's not, um, there's not a, an identifiable uh, feature uh, or, or features anymore uh, in our country. And that's, that's happened throughout the whole world. Um, and, and I, I think, I mean, ultimately, you know, to get it into like the meta level, um, I, I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think it'll last um, forever. And I think mm. even this last year, you're kind of seeing the fractures of the globalist system uh, right. begin to, to begin to show up um, that you can't, 
I mean, it, it's it's nice in terms of like economic efficiency and and productive output to to be able to export um, all, certain industries all over the world because then it you know broadens out the division of labor and so forth. But um, the it, it also makes an incredibly fragile system, um, and and you see this you know in the last two years with COVID when supply chains break down, and then with war um, you know being broken down even further. Um, I mean, there's huge, you know, possibly catastrophic dis- disruptions to, um, to basic ways of life that are around on the horizon, and and I, I think a lot of it is it sets up a you know this very fragile house of cards. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's nice that we're able to you know produce food and get it across you know to everywhere in the world, sure. um, but it it also makes a lot of you know, like hundreds of millions or billions of people extremely vulnerable to things that are outside of their, you know, local, um, political and economic control. Um, so, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't think we'd go through the, uh, a whole geopolitical uh, conversation. <laughs> but but uh, I think one of the, it, it yeah. plays into Christian nationalism just because yeah. part yeah. of the reason with Christian nationalism, it, at least as a moniker, it can be appealing for people is what's yeah. lost in kind of the, the globalism is a, a, a sense of uh, particularity. And yeah. I think honestly, as a pastor, when I'm pastoring people, um, I see this in a lot of people I'm pastoring because with the opposite of particularity, you get kind of this sense of like vagueness is what we call it yeah. is where yeah. someone really has no identity, no sense of like who they are, where they come mm-hmm. from, what they're about, mm-hmm. what they're passionate about, what they love. I see this in a lot of men today where yeah. uh, they're kind of like middle-class dudes and they really don't have a sense of self uh, to like, yeah. it's not like they're even passionate about sports. Like, just give me something. Yeah. Tell me you love hockey yeah. and I'll fight you. Cause I don't, you know, or yeah. tell me, yeah. you yeah. Yeah. you know, love a, a sports team or like, what is your favorite yeah. food? Or like, what do you watch? And yeah. there's no sense of identity. And I think no. that's in, uh, a symptom of a greater kind of lack of particularity with a, with mm-hmm. a people, with a state. I mean, I come from Texas, Texas has, has a great regional identity. Um, but mm-hmm. even that is lost. And that was one of the things when we planted in Colorado, I noticed immediately that was going to be a huge loss for my kids is there's not really a, a state identity here other than like skiing and smoking pot mm-hmm. and having fun. And I'm like, well, that's, <laughs> yeah. I don't want my kids like skiing is fun and yeah. all, but like with Texas, it's like the Alamo and these legends and, and um, mm-hmm. CPR Colorado public radio, which is like NPR, right. You know what they celebrate here is the Sandy Creek massacre when all these Native Americans were slaughtered. And I'm like, is that the best story we, we're going to tell our kids? No. You know, look, we can argue yeah. about the, the tragedy of that and, and why that was wrong mm-hmm. to do and all that kind of stuff. But like, that's the thing they want to like the news the other night featured it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. when are you guys going to mm-hmm. like have an actual identity? And so we have this loss yeah. of particularity. And I think that's where Christian nationalism, my mom asked me the other night, what is that? What is Christian nationalism? And I was just trying to explain <laughs> it to her. And I think your book would be a really good intro book. Uh, to that. And I think you've said that it, do you, when you think about the average reader of your book, were you thinking about somebody who goes to your church, a book they could pick up and understand? What were you thinking about there? Yeah. I mean, we wrote it, um, you know, cause it's, it's me and my, my other co-author, uh, Andrew Torba. We, we wrote it. I mean, and my, both of us, like his dad um, was, was a truck driver. My dad was a truck driver. We're thinking of like books that are, are my dad doesn't really read very sure. much. You know, he would, he would he listens to stuff you know so he we would listen to you know rush limbaugh on the on the radio in the truck uh, yeah. growing up uh uh all the time and and so I, i'm thinking about that kind of guy you know like if he was going to pick up a book um if his if his son bugged him enough to read this thing and he, he finally did um one it would have to be short uh, mm-hmm. that's like one of the criticisms we get is like 
why isn't this 700 pages long? This is way too short. <laughs> and why is the font so big? And it's like, well, we wrote it for you know guys who have jobs that don't have time to read and don't ever read to to read books. Um, and and for for regular people, you know, it's not a book for scholars. It's sure. not a book that is going to we're going to have, you know, a thousand footnotes where you know we explain and nuance every every last thing. Um, it's a book that lays forth um, ideas uh, mm. and and presents a, a particular vision uh, for the country and and and, and it, not even presenting necessarily this um, a novel or, or unique thing, but but really when the country first began. Uh, what was it? You know, when, when sure. the people that that originally settled America, right? What were their goals and aspirations? What what were they doing? Uh, what were they as a people? And I mean, they were all Christians, and they were cr creating a new nation as Christians and for their posterity, for their for their children to have to have a Christian nation um, right. and and be a Christian people. Um, and and they had a, a a very clear and keen understanding of what what that meant. Um, and um, over the centuries, uh, and particularly in the last century, uh, that's been lost. Uh, that's been that's been uh, eroded, taken away, um, and and now it's to the point where um, I mean, I, I, I thought, I mean, you know, growing up, I, you know, you you would we'd learn about the Pilgrims, you know, and the the original settlers of of the United States, and I, you know, when I'm listening to Russell Moore or to Samuel Perry or to, to these guys that are that criticize. Christian nationalism and, and the rhetoric that they use. Um, I think about, you know, the people in the Mayflower, you know, hearing that, what these guys are saying. Right. And, and thinking, oh, you guys are wrong to do this. This is bad. This is, this is uh, racist and, and horrible and evil. Um, and like that, that's really, I mean, really like think about all the criticisms that they levy about the people that were in America for the first 200 years that, that right. created a, a new nation. Uh, all of them, you know, were explicitly Christians. Um, yeah. Even even the even you know, even like James, the Jamestown colony, people think, oh, they wanted to go there and get gold and make a whole bunch of money. You know, um, it, you look at the documents and you look at the way they would write about what they were doing, and right. one of the primary motivations was to was to bring Christianity to this new world. Um, sure. And so, anyway, it, it, I, I hear these criticisms like, "This is insane." Yeah. Um, are you are you saying that all of these people were wrong and sinful and bad for doing this? And of course they weren't. Um, of, of course they were not. And and so it's it's a lot of it is just a reco recovery of that same vision for yeah. our country and to say that it's a good thing. I mean, I you know you you grow up in school and you learn about your country and, and at least in the history that that I was taught that isn't really being taught anymore. Um, you know, that wasn't this unvarnished, you know, it wasn't this, um, you know, thing where, where they present in this unvarnished way and, and America's this sinful, horrible place. And we did all these great evils. Like they, we, we, we knew about the things that were done. You know, we knew about the, the warts and all of American history, but overall it was a thing to be proud of, um, sure. our heritage and our, and our people. And, um, and so it's a recovery of that, of saying that, that America, um, is a good place. It had a, a good founding and we want to recover the, the same spirit that led people to create a Christian nation where one did not exist. Um, yep. And so, you know, it's the context is a little different because we have a nation that is um, increasingly, especially from the top down, um, increasingly hostile to the Christian faith. And um, they, they see it as a threat. I mean, that 
ultimately that's what it is, is that they see sincere Christian belief as something that will totally upend their, their plans and their designs Mm. for humanity Um, is if, if people are are Christian and some of it, like it, the, the things that you're describing, you know, about how people are just listless, they have, they have no identity, they have no, um, place or people that they belong to. They have, they're, they're just, um, in, you know, atomized individuals who are consumers. Um, yep. like all, all they exist for is to, you know, to consume pot and fast food and pornography. And right. like, that's life. It's like, yep. I work all day and then I can go do these things. Um, yep. and that's, that's, that's my existence. Like I have no purpose beyond that. Um, you know, fam, like, have a family, don't, it doesn't really matter. Um, n- there's no, there's no connection to anything that's preceded them or anything that's going to exist after they're gone. And, and it's by design. It's not by happenstance. It's not by accident. Like the, the people that rule us want us to be that way. They want, you know, the guys that, that you're ministering to, to be that way. They, right. they don't want you to have, you know, to have, um, you know, this, this very clear, um, mission that you're on this very clear purpose, uh, very clear people that, that are yours, that you belong to the things that, that make life worth living. They don't, yeah. they don't want you to have that. They want you right. to just be worried about like what the next Marvel movie is. That's going to come out get excited for that. And, totally. and that's, that's it. That's all it is. And so anyway, that's, it's, it's, it becomes a huge threat to the, to the whole program. If now you're like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a Christian and I, I want I want my nation to be faithful to Jesus. And, and what does that look like? What it, it looks like you're not murdering a million babies a year. It looks like right. not, um, you know, legally protecting all sorts of, you know, sexual insanity and, and, right. and, and all down the line, all of these things, um, all of the culture war kind of stuff like that. That's, that's what happens. Then you have, then, then, then you have an actual, you know, fight over those things. Yeah. Uh, they don't want like, that at all. I I'm, I'm, frustrated on two fronts well i have a frustration that a question one is like look i'm not trying to start a fight i'm not like it's a funny chad meme to say uh christian nationalism is a threat to our democracy and the chad is like yes like you know and that's (laughs) that's clever because because that's how they perceive it and and it is i mean like the rule of christ Mm -hmm. permeating all of life and every sphere of society and every domain for their project i mean practically yes i it is a threat mm-hmm. to that way of mm-hmm. way of living. And so if you want to call mm-hmm. it that, that's what it is. That's not what it's set out to yeah. be necessarily, but yeah. that's just implicitly what is. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of Christians are, are really uncomfortable with that because we've been kind of inoculated yeah. into this version of Christianity where, you know, love your neighbor means never upset them, never be a threat, never mm-hmm. do something different than them and vote just mm-hmm. like them so that they'll eventually like bump into you and say, hey, why do you, why do you? behave a little bit different than me why don't you cuss as much and then you can do a jesus juke you know and like that's yeah yeah i've i've talked about that with josh dolls previously so we need to get into all that Mm -hmm. i i think the question Mm -hmm. i have is the word nationalism itself you know there it's a it's an ism so people use it for all sorts of purposes and so you've get i've got friend a friend that's written on why nationalism is demonic and you know they're trying to Mm -hmm. kind of paint this philosophical picture of nationalism being this You'll get others who are mm-hmm. slow adopters. You'll see a lot of heat, especially so like 
Pentecostals right now are very, very hot on patriotism. I mean, they always kind of have been, but you'll see kind of these mm-hmm. services where it's very patriotic. They start, yeah. I think recently there was like a creedal confession they all read together. And, you know, inside as a pastor, I'm like kind of dying. I'm like, we have already mm-hmm. liturgy. Just we, use we that. We have them. Like, you don't need Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so like, there's kind of this, this hesitation for a lot of people. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. live or die by the word nationalism. I mean, Christian, yeah. that's one thing, but Edward nationalism, why do you think nationalism is a useful term? And I want to, I want to set it up with a counterpoint already. Mm-hmm. Like the word social justice, I started asking questions about that because a lot of my friends were like mm-hmm. into social justice. And I was like, I think it's a junk term. I think I think we can't mm-hmm. redeem it. And I don't want to mm-hmm. use it from the pulpit as like Christianity is mm-hmm. about social justice. Like I don't want to preach that sermon ever, <laughs> you know? And yeah, so like yeah, when we think yeah. about nationalism, should we not have the same hesitations or concerns or what kind of, what made you go, this is fine? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good question. Uh, I mean, some of it is, I mean, there, there's a few answers um, for me, you know, personally that I, that I give, um, when people are bringing up the question of nationalism, because I mean, some of it, it's, it's scary because you look at like the 19th, 19th century and the, the, uh, forms that nationalism took, um, that, that, you know, caught it were the cause of, you know, warfare and things like, things like that. Um, so that's always the scary thing is like, Oh, if we become nationalistic, then, you know, then we're going to want to conquer the world and take over, sure. make, you know, and it's like, well, for one, America already has conquered the world, or what's you know, more yeah. or less, like it's already happened. Um, yeah. And t- so, like um, you know, global homo nationalism has taken over right. planet Earth, um, yep. apart from a few few places. Holdouts, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so, like that's already happened. And, and two, like nationalism defined as a contrast from um, from globalism. You know, sure. that's, that's another, another big one is, is, is just the question of, is it okay for nations to exist, right? Sure. Is it okay for the American nation to exist? Is it okay for France to exist as a nation, as a particular people or China right. or Japan or, or, you know, um, a, a, you know, any of them, is it, is it, is it okay for that? And, and so for the, the anti-nationalism the person that says like nationalism is sinful and wrong, it's like, well, so then you're saying that like those nations can't exist. That they sure. should, that they're sinning by, by perpetuating their existence. You know, they should just right. all be like a deck of cards shuffled up and, and dispersed around, around the globe, um, as just atomized random individuals with no people place, no, no, no ancestors, no descendants. Um, and that's, that's not the way that God made the world at all. No. Like that's, I mean, you, you, you run up against reality. Um, you run up against the the order of of, of the world that, that God created, um, and it's it's created with actual real people that have families. And I mean, just the, I mean, some of it is just like the you know, the the genesis of the the term or the idea of a nation. Like, what is that? You know, um, is it's you know people of 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 a common heritage um, in, in a particular place. Uh, right. So, like, is, is that bad? Uh, well, no. Um, and so I, that's, that's how I look at it. It's like, is it okay for America to exist as a particular nation? Yes, that's, that's good and, and fine. Um, and then, then secondly, it, if it should be Christian, right? It should be, um, be, because this is what Jesus commanded. He commanded his, his disciples to go into all the nations of the world and, and baptize them and, and teach them to observe all these commanded. Um, and so, and, and, and the, the object is the nation. It isn't, it isn't just random people. Like the object sure. of the great commission is nations. Uh, like right. you get into the grammar and it's, it is, 
incontrovertible, right? People will try to like skate around it and the Great Commission. And like, well, obviously nations can't be baptized. You don't just dunk them in a thing. I'm like, well, uh, you're sure, but like, that's <laughs> still what it says. What is it? Yeah, what does it say though? Like Jesus could yeah. have, you know, made the caveat there if he wanted to. Yeah, uh, go in and baptize a bunch of individuals and nations, uh, but he didn't say that. He said, "No, no, all the nations of the world belong to me." Right, yeah. and you could go through all the Psalms that say that all the nations belong to him. I mean, he won them uh, by rising, by dying on the cross and rising from the dead and ascending to reign over them at the right hand of the Father. And so, yeah. the the mission of of the church is to uh, bring those nations in. And so um, if it's okay for America to exist, right, and it's, it's the mission of the church to make um, America Christian, then the, the necessary consequence is that, um, you know, you'll, you, this idea, this thing of being a Christian nationalist is, is fine, is good, um, and it sure. is, is great. Um, and yeah. so that's, that's how I look at it more than just like, because, yeah, I, I felt the same way with the social justice thing. You get leery over it, but the connotations with that are are such that um, the the baggage is just so much to overcome. Um, yeah. And you can just say – you can just say justice. Right? Sure, just, yeah. Right? Um, and, and so anyway, um, yeah, so I can, I can understand how people maybe would be like, ah, I don't know if I like the connotations of nationalism. Well, I, sure. I get that, but but uh, you're, what you're running up against, it, it's, it's not – you're, you're not um, doing this in a vacuum, right? Yep. In this kind of academic ivory tower way. Well, let's, let's ponder <laughs> right, yeah. what nationalism means. It's like, well, no, you're, you're operating in, in this world where the prevailing paradigm is this globalist system that seeks to just gobble up the entire planet and remove all distinctions among people um, and turn them into and, – and, and not not in this way that the gospel – you know, would, would do it where it's like, well, we're all Christians, but you're, you're still from your family. You're still, you know, you're, you're still from Texas. You're still from these places and you bring all that with you. Yeah. Um, it's like, no, we're going to strip away everything that makes you everything. unique. And you're just going to yeah. be, you're just going to be a generic human being. Um, yeah. and, and the gospel doesn't do that. <laughs> it doesn't, it, you, you retain what you are. Um, yeah. it takes away, it, it takes away sin, right? That's yeah. what, it, what it does. So anyway, it's, it's not operating in a vacuum. It's, it's operating in, in, the world as it is and in, and within this kind of conflict within this prevailing paradigm that um that is incredibly incredibly destructive to humanity i mean like the things that you're describing that you see i see it too where where people i mean i i think you know we we live i mean i i say this all the time but like we live in this world that we have such material abundance even though we've kind of declined economically the the abundance uh, and prosperity that we have is massive um, yet we've never had a generation of people that are so depressed and anxious and, and, and despondent. I mean, it's suicidal. I mean, that, it's, it's like uh, this thick cloud over everything. And right. I think a lot of it is because, I mean, if, if, if people are alone, right? People are alone and they, they don't belong anywhere. They don't belong to yep. anyone. They don't. They don't have families. They don't have anything. So uh, that's what this does. That's what this this system produces in people. Yep. Um, and 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 so anyway, yeah. It's that's so it's like you said. It's 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 a threat to you know political systems, things like things like that. But it's it's also um, a threat to this this hold that the system has over everyone. Where now, yeah, you you bring people in and they begin to um, live. For something <laughs> that's real and tangible and changes 
um, changes all of their, every facet of their life, um, then um, um, that, that, that's a really powerful thing that you're not going to be easily able to stop. That's right. And I think, you know, if you want to pick up Andrew's book, that'd be great. I think it's a number one bestseller on Amazon for a time, at least, was it? It was. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's still doing pretty well. Uh, That's but yeah, great. We, 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 we did, we've done pretty well on Amazon and, and uh, yeah, it continues to do well. And, and um, yeah, we're, we're hoping to you know, publish more stuff, you know, so the people that were complaining, they're like, Oh, it's too short. It's like, well, yeah, get ready. Be careful what you wish for. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think the way I think based on reading your book and seeing Stephen Wolf's book, the way I think of your book is like the Bush light version yeah. Uh, where it's easily accessible and his is like the scotch or the bourbon since bourbon's American. His yeah, is like right. the we should bourbon. keep it American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So uh, hopefully that's not insulting. It's not to demean the work. No. But no, uh, his no. is the his is Pappy Van Winkle. You know the very expensive, yeah. There you go. Uh, there yeah, you yeah. go. <laughs> well, Andrew, uh, thanks so much for uh, for being on the pod today. It was great to get to know you better and hear more of your heart and uh, behind the book and behind you being a pastor. So thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Is there a place, uh, I'm going to point people to your book. Is there a place, a website, anything where people could find out more information about your ministry or about your work? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I write, uh, now I contribute to Gab News. So I, I write there pretty regularly, pretty frequently. Uh, you can, you can see me there on, on Gab at, at Boniface Option or on, on Twitter at Boniface Option. That's, that's where I'm at. That's great. All right. Well, if you are a listener and you enjoyed this episode, or maybe you didn't, maybe you hated everything we said, uh, <laughs> leave it, leave us a review and share it with a friend. Um, I want to start good conversations within the church, especially men, to have great conversations about uh, the stuff we're talking about here, because I think there's a lot of stuff going on. And maybe you're, you're like the guy we're talking about. You don't have time to read all these books and these tweets, like these lazy <laughs> pastors. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, go pick up his book. It's going to be a great blessing. Uh, it'll at least give you something to think about that maybe you haven't thought about before that hasn't been articulated in a really robust way in a long time. So sign up at the Patreon to keep supporting this channel. Like I've been saying, um, we're going to be having an episode come out on Guy Mason, the Acts 29 pastor who promoted trans ideology from the pulpit. And I'll be reviewing that, but that's only for Patreon subscribers. So please sign up there so you can get access to that. We already talked about Matt Chandler getting on a leave of absence from the village there. So you need to be a Patreon to get that content. So go sign up. Thanks for joining me and we'll see you next time.